Happy Friday evening, everybody out there in podcast land. I hope everyone is doing very well. Hope you're looking forward to a fantastic weekend. Um, we didn't get too good of a kickoff for the weekend ourselves here. Just finished up the Astros-Yankees game, and uh, oh, man, that was that was a heartbreaker. We uh, uh, thought we had this one in the bag with Verlander on the mound. Um, we did not. <laughs> he gave up four runs in the first, but uh, he is stellar all the way out, uh, all the way through. Other than that, so. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate. I hate seeing uh, JV give up some uh, runs like that, especially so early. And um, things are not always as they seem. And that's one of the reasons why I love baseball so much. So part of me is upset, of course, because I'd rather have uh, been able uh, to celebrate tonight instead of uh, uh, biting my nails for tomorrow, uh, for tomorrow's game. But the other part of me is happy because we get another game of baseball. So. I uh, would really, uh, really wish that Cole was on the mound uh, tomorrow, excuse me, but um, uh, I think it's going to be a bullpen day, so we'll see what happens. So that's enough about that. Um, I was uh, thinking about what I wanted to talk to uh, you all about tonight, and uh, I'm uh, really excited about this, uh, about this topic. So I'm going to talk about uh, some of the um, ridiculous... Uh, uh, ridiculously awesome cards from the late 80s and early 90s, the uh, junk wax era. So if, if you don't know what the junk wax era is, or junk wax era is, let me educate you real quick here. Uh, it's generally speaking from 87 to 92-ish, 88-92 is really kind of the heart, the heart of it. But uh, it's when basically baseball cards were, uh, you know, just really... Uh, thing that everybody and their brother and sister and mother and dog were into. So as a result, uh, production levels of these cards were super sky high. And because we didn't have the internet, nobody knew how many of them, uh, of each card were out there. So in other words, you, you didn't have somebody selling, uh, 150 or 200 count lot of 1988 tops Nolan Ryan. You know, you just, uh, you didn't see that. So there was kind of like this, uh, um, uh, I don't know, almost like a, uh, manufactured scarcity just, uh, that's, that was veiled behind, uh, you know, not knowing what else was out there and who else had everything else. Um, so production levels got to be at one point, it's uh, been estimated approximately 4 million cards of each card were printed probably, I want to say in the 91 season. So 1991 Tops, 1991 Donruss, uh, which is why a lot of people that are collectors will uh, say it's uh, um, just uh, firewood and just dump those cards. I am not in that camp. I love them. There's so many things that you can do with them, even if they're uh, art projects. You give them to your kids. You sell them for... Um, cheap by the box. I mean, there's so many things you can do with junk wax. It's great. And plus it's like my childhood. So, you know, for me personally, it's almost like a, like a sin to, uh, <laughs> to damage these cards, uh, unless it's for like an art project or something. So, uh, but anyways, uh, nevertheless, uh, don't think that just because it's from that time period that it's not worth anything. Um, there are several variations, 91 Tops and 90 Donruss, and uh, um, there's actually a website out there called Junk Wax Gems, and uh, you know they apparently spend a lot of time documenting uh, these undocumented, unchecklisted errors, and player collectors go nuts after these. Uh, so you know we're talking, you know, dollar, two dollars, five dollar, ten dollar cards. That's not what I'm going to be talking about tonight, though. What I'm talking about is. Uh, the really expensive ones. And uh, I'm going to actually be zeroing in on about four different types of cards. And uh, really excited to tell you about some of these stories here too. Uh, they're associated with them. And of course, I'm going to focus on the sets that Jose Canseco was in because that's kind of really what I know most about. So um, we're going to go ahead and start off with 1986. And uh, so A6, everybody knows that um, the uh, his main card is the 1986 Donruss rated rookie card. It is 
perhaps arguably the most iconic car of the 80s. I know 89 Upper Deck Griffey has probably taken that uh, uh, that trophy home with it, but uh, uh, Kinseiko's car at, at the as height of popularity was hitting 150, 175 dollars, uh, from what I've heard. And back then, let me tell you something, that was not something that I was even dreaming about because it was wildly out of my grasp. I just didn't have a chance uh, to even consider getting something like that. And uh, so I guess I forgot to turn off my notifications here. Hang on, let me, let me do that real quick. So anyways, um, for A6, you also have like A6 Donners the Rookies, A6 Donners Highlights, and of course the uh, Tops Traded Fleer uh, with Eric Plunk. And uh, <laughs> it looked like kind of like a Napoleon Dynamite or something or uh, on that card or, or whatever it was, but uh, an 86 Fleer update. So uh, the one that we're going to be talking about uh, today tonight is 1986 Donner's Highlights. There is a variation of that card that has uh, the word highlights in the front of the card in white. Now, once you get one of those, it's a very, very, very big deal. In fact, for Conseco, you can expect to pay uh, three, four, five hundred dollars for one of those. And uh, it is his rarest rookie card and hardly anybody knows about it. So I've had two of them in my life and uh, I'll talk to you about how I got them. So first of all, I've only seen one for sale and a fellow super collector uh, named Matt uh, actually picked one up. I saw it and I uh, told him about it. And I think he ended up getting it for 325 or something, which was a fabulous deal. Um, so really cool. Um, the first one that I got was one I picked up an entire collection. It was in there and it's one of those cards, and I don't know, you've probably had this, uh, uh, this happen to you as well. Uh, you might pick up a bunch of cards or a collection or something, and there might be some really cool cards in there, but they lose their meaning when they're picked up in bulk. Like for me personally, I have a lot more of an interest and an excitement in a card if I uh, pick them up one at a time. It costs more that way, but uh, you know, you're able to actually focus. Like I literally bought somebody else's super collection to start off with uh, on my own Conseco super collecting journey back in 2014. Um, so I, I had some uh, 96 Lux certified mirror blues and reds. And by the way, I gotta give a shout out to that uh, 96 select certified mirror gold Jeter PSA 10 that just sold last night for $202,000, holy crap. Um, but anyway, so this collection had everything. And it was good because I was able to get a lot of stuff to start off with. It was bad because cards like the A6 Donner's Highlights White Letter Variation um, went largely unnoticed for a while. It wasn't until probably a couple years after I had it where I pulled down and go, huh, you know something, this is really something special. I mean, truly. And uh, you know, the A6 Donner's Highlights set itself is nothing, uh, is really nothing uh, by itself to, right home about. There's some cool cards in there, like there's uh, Roger Clemens, Will Clark, Bo Jackson. I love that they uh, did a different color of the card than the regular A6 Donruss and A6 Donruss Rookies. Um, but really, out of those three offerings for Donruss, um, everybody would probably agree with me. The highlights cards were like the the red-headed stepchild <laughs> of all of them because uh, they just weren't as flashy or cool. It was more of like a, hey, check out what happened this year instead of you know having the, the flashy rated rookie logo or the rookie's logo. My gosh, I loved those logos. I mean, oh, I had dreams about those logos on cards. <laughs> but uh, highlights, not so much. Um, but anyways, uh, there's no telling how many of these white letters there are out there. In fact, I don't even know how they've come to exist because I've never been able to get a, a straight answer from anybody. Uh, some people have speculated that they opened a case and like one of the one of the sealed sets had all white letters in one of the sets. Um, you know, but I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe it was just uh, maybe they were prototypes or proofs, and um, you know, just not really sure. So that kind of adds to the mystery. Um, I really like a good story. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do is to is to research, 
research research about um, the backstory of whatever I'm uh, interested in collecting. I love that stuff. Um, but anyways, so it's a fun card, and there are all kinds of different players in there. I think uh, Roger Clemens is in there. I think Nolan Ryan might be also, if I remember correctly. Kirby Puckett. So for player collectors, you know, it's a it's a nice little 56 card set that uh, you know if you want to pick up the rarest type of card of your guy for 86, that is the set to uh, target. Almost all of the key players will uh, white letter versions will run into the hundreds of dollars. So, anyways, that's uh, that's kind of my pitch for 86 Honors highlights uh, white letters. I uh, I sold my copy, and uh, if I remember correctly. Um, I might have actually uh, traded back for it from Matt, if when I come to think of it. But uh, anyway, so I have another one now, and I think that's the one that I uh, sold off to Matt to begin with. So I'm uh, super happy to have that card back in my collection. Um, but moving forward, uh, you know, and it's kind of fun because I like those variations because the A6 Donruss uh, highlights. Otherwise, that'd be like a dollar card dollar two dollars instead you know we're looking three four five hundred dollars um so nobody would uh bat an eye an eyelash at uh um at saying you know that's that's something that's pretty significant especially for the junk wax period um so moving forward we're going to go to 1988 tops and uh 88 tops y'all i mean you know this as well as i do it's probably a lot of your childhood uh Memories are wrapped up in it as well as me, but uh, 88 Tops is a dog of set. <laughs> it's got the Tom Glavin rookie, and uh, oh, I can't even think of anything else. I can't even think of anything else uh, that was even remotely interesting in 88 Tops. But uh, yeah, I would definitely con uh, call it a, a dog of set. So you know that there were some different errors, like the McGuire record breaker has the white triangle, and the Eddie Murray record breaker, um, you know, had like a stamp on the front. So, but what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about some cards that uh, could not be pulled in packs. And this is the 1988 Tops cloth test issue. The cloth test issue was actually, from my understanding, a callback from the 60s or 70s where Tops wanted to give it a go again, print the cards on cloth, and sell them like that. And it made sense because back in the 80s, they tried to do that with everything because everybody was buying this baseball stuff. Um, well, for one reason or another, um, I don't know if it's because it ended up being a situation where uh, it was it, too costly to make or what, but as the story goes, there's about 50 of the sheets that were made and it was printed right over the sheet that said something like, test production, not for resale which whenever I hear that and I get cards from something like that, my, uh, you know, I get goosebumps. <laughs> I love that stuff. Uh, so there's no Conseco uh, in that. There's actually the A's team leaders card, which was Conseco and McGuire on there. So uh, out of the seven sheets, I think it is, that Tops creates uh, their complete sets out of, I believe only one sheet was done for test purposes. And they, I think they created 50 of them. And there's no telling how many of those sheets of cloth were actually survived, but some of them were actually chopped up and uh, ended up uh, into the hands of other people's uh, collections. So, um, as far as the first one goes, which this was a, uh, um, a fun story in and of itself, and I literally just remembered about this. Uh, as I'm talking here, so I'm I'm super happy to be able to tell you the story, and this will give a good segue into the next story as well. Because uh, by the way, these cloth cards can go for four, five, six, seven hundred dollars. So we're talking a big deal for these cards. And by the way, I think there is a Glavin. I think the Glavin made it on the sheet. I think uh, there might be what else? I Man, I don't even remember. Maybe a Don Mattingly, perhaps. Um, but Anyways, really, really, really cool, a really cool set. So, anyways, um, I remember writing an article online, 
and talking about, you know, hey guys, I put my entire collection on my, on my site, check it out. Here's my want list also. And at the very top of my want list was the 88 Tops Cloth uh, A's Team Leaders car with Kinseki McGuire uh, for obvious reasons. I had never seen one for sale before and, and to this date, I still have not seen another one of these for sale anywhere ever. So uh, what happened was pretty special. I remember waking up uh, in uh, uh, one morning after I wrote the article and somebody wrote to me and said, hey Tanner, I love what you wrote, love what you're trying to do with your collection. Um, I'm curious though, um, do you, it doesn't look like it, but do you have the uh, Topps cloth card? And I don't know about you, but like when I wake up, normally I'm not like, I don't go from zero to 60, I'm like sluggish and everything. Well, that very question woke me up real quick, woke me up uh, quicker than Mountain Dew could. <laughs> and uh, so I wrote him real quick. I was like, uh, no, I don't have it. Yes, I am interested. Do you have something? And uh, he said, uh, yeah, yeah, um, I'm not interested in selling though. I was like, oh man, oh. I was wondering why he would ask because I guess maybe he was just showing off. I'm just not sure. But uh, anyways, it's like, okay, well, um, thank you for reaching out. I was, was kind of glad to know that somebody out there actually had one. So maybe if he ever decided to sell, you know, I was thinking at least I have that in my back pocket. But ultimately he wrote me back and he's like, yeah, I'm really not interested in selling Tanner, I'm sorry. But what I am interested in doing is sending this to you for free. Oh, <gasps> oh my gosh. And uh, sure enough, uh, two or three days later in the mail, I get this 1988 Topps cloth uh, Kenseiko McGuire card. And I've still never seen one uh, for sale ever. And uh, just so, I was so floored that somebody would be so kind and generous to do that for me, which is really, really neat. And uh, so anyways, that was uh, that was kind of a fun thing. And so as a bit of a segue, um, he also said another day later, he's like, oh yeah, hey, I noticed that you uh, don't have a 1989 Leaf Blue Chip card. I was like, well, uh, do you have one of those? Because with as much as I love the 88 Tops cloth, uh, the 89 Blue Chips, I love even more. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about them. Uh, probably, let me go ahead and start off with the actual story of the 89 blue chips here uh, first. So if you're familiar with 1989 Donruss, which I'm sure you are, um, they made a little subset called Grand Slammers. So for the 89 Grand Slammers, what they do is if you remember correctly, or if I remember correctly, which I do because they are ingrained in my head forever. <laughs> I will always remember what they look like because uh, I love the 89 Donner set. Um, but the bottom left-hand corner, like it looks like a regular 89 Donner card, but the bottom left-hand corner uh, has kind of like this triangle that says Grand Slammers. In it. So uh, there are four different color choices. There's like blue to purple, purple to red, green to yellow, and yellow to red, I think. So yeah, I think there's four different variations. So, and they're, they're really not worth anything. I mean, they are basically just commemorating the players that hit grand slams uh, throughout the, uh, the year. So uh, what blue chips are is the exact same design, but instead of a triangle in the bottom left-hand corner, it's, a, it's kind of like a semicircle and it says blue chips. And I'm going to try to remember uh, as hard as I can <laughs> to uh, be able to tell you the story because I don't have my notes in front of me. I'm just on my walk uh, at night here. So, uh, but anyways, uh, I to go back to uh, you know kind of tell you a little bit about how important these cards are. Um, you know, these cards. Not every super collector of Kinseiko has these. There's there's a Donner's version and there's a Leaf version. And, uh, you know, so they're, they're pretty significant. And, uh, you know, I've, I don't think I've ever, ever, ever seen a Kinseiko for sale. Um, and I don't think I've ever seen many of these, uh, many of these players for sale. But, um, anyway, so 
the person, his name is Bob, by the way. Um, so Bob, if you're listening, hello. Thank you again so very much for your generosity, but um, uh, on the tops cloth. But uh, Bob told me that he had a 1989 Leaf blue chip card of Conseco. He said, that one's really not for sale. And I was like, oh man, so excited about at least hearing that somebody else had this card also, just like the, just like the cloth. So I get a knock on the door a few days later and I'm telling you guys, like my head is, is turning. Like, what can I do? <laughs> what can I offer this guy to get this card? <laughs> so just so excited um, about uh, considering getting this card, uh, even though it looked like there's no possible way. So my head's churning. I'm thinking about it at night and uh, that's just how I roll. And uh, so I get a knock on the door and uh, it's the mail lady. And she says that I have to sign for something. Okay, sign it, no idea. And I open up the car, the box, and there it is, a 1989 Leaf, uh, Jose Canseco, and, uh, blue chip. And I probably squealed like a little girl uh, for the whole neighborhood to hear, no joke, for like three minutes. Um, I couldn't believe it because these are, these are holy grail cards I'm talking about, guys. So it's not just like a, oh, that's a cool card. This is a card that where, uh, like the like the uh, cloth card, like the white letter, if you see it for sale, um, those types of cards could go for crazy money because you just never see them and you, and you don't know if you'll ever get another chance to. So, oh man, I wrote them, oh, thanks so much and all this. And, uh, you know, I... I uh, told me, man, I appreciate everything. I mean, I can't believe you did this for me. I don't even know you. You don't even know me. And so I asked for his address and he said, Tanner, please do not send me anything. Um, in fact, uh, I insist that you don't because I have people sending me things and I feel guilty because I've got everything I want and I do not want to have this uh, feeling of having to keep something. Uh, that's just going to take up space. So, so okay, well, I respect that. So what I did is I ended up uh, uh, making four cards. Like I, I researched about him online, like what his uh, likes were and what he is passionate about. And I ended up making uh, four cards starring him and I ended up sending them to him. And he wrote me back when he got him. He goes, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you did these. These are beautiful. Oh, I'm so uh, so happy with these. Thank you. And I'll be honest with you, Tanner. Whenever I first saw these, I was uh, in the mail. I was I groaned. I audibly groaned because I was afraid that you sent me some cards that I didn't really want, and I was going to have this uh, uh, responsibility to keep them or something. <laughs> and he said that he was just in love with these cards I made him. So. I was so happy about that. It took uh, it took quite a while to create them. I made four of them for him. It was the least I could do. I mean, my gosh, I couldn't imagine anybody giving anybody else uh, a couple of Holy Grail cards, let alone just a stranger. So I knew I had to do something. So, anyways, fast forward um, a little while longer, and this guy reaches out to me because I wrote about these and uh, told every, told the world of Bob's goodness and. Uh, and uh, his kindness and generosity. And uh, my website got hit on the search engines for uh, A9 Leaf blue chips. And so uh, people would start asking me questions. Well, one thing that was interesting is this one guy asked me, and he said, I think I have some of these, which, you know, I'm going to obviously say, sorry, guy, no, you don't. You've got the Grand Slammers version. Nobody has these. He said, no, 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 no. I actually used to work for Donruss. And I go, oh, oh, really? And he uh, he sends me a couple of pictures of what he has. I go, holy crap! This guy actually is the real deal. He's got some he's got some uh, blue chip cards. And I told him, I was like, you know, hey, look, um, I'd love to possibly purchase them. Maybe as kind of a you know resale situation though, because. I already have my Canseco. I don't care about anything else, you know. <laughs> Didn't care about the McGuire, or the Ellisbergs, or the Mike Greenwell, or Dave Winfield, or uh, who else was in there? Alan Trammell, maybe. Uh, I don't remember. I'm just uh, Eddie Murray, I think. But I'm just uh, kind of going off the top of my head because uh, really, literally, the other guys didn't really matter to me. So, 
uh, anyways, uh, we, uh, he would go in and out of responding to me and I wouldn't hear much back from him for a while. And I was like, okay, well, that's fine. And so, uh, you know, a couple years went on and I didn't really think much about it. Like there, you know, I had my blue chip and was excited and then I decided to sell out and, you know, I ended up doing a deal where that card went with somebody else and, uh, uh, the blue chip that I was given. And Bob asks me, Hey, Tanner, I see you're selling out your collection. Um, do you have my blue chip? Uh, cause I, I would actually love to buy it from you. I felt terrible. I didn't even think about that. I go, Oh no. And so I was like, Hi, I'm so sorry, Bob. It's not here. He goes, Tanner, no, 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 no. I gave it to you. Don't, don't feel horrible at all. Uh, not one bit. I just wanted to ask. That's all. No problem. No worries at all. Please, seriously, don't give another thought. Well, guess who gave it a lot of other thoughts? Me, because <laughs> I felt terrible. I couldn't believe I didn't even think about uh, possibly giving him his card back. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm not going to sell it to him. <laughs> so, uh, but I felt terrible because it wasn't a situation where I could just buy back the card at any cost. It was gone, and I had no uh, options until. I started thinking about that guy um, that was uh, uh, a worker at Donruss that had reached out to me months and months and months ago. So I didn't really care too terribly much about his cards, but guess what? I did now. And so I wrote him, I said, look, man, uh, I, uh, I would love to, at the very least, buy the Canseco so I can give it to, uh, to my friend who had showed me some kindness earlier will you please let me do that and we go back and forth he's like no i'm not really interested in selling just the one and i was like well if i have to buy everything i just need to make this right so i mean please let's uh let's figure out something here and it was touch and go for several several weeks and i ended up interestingly enough being able to talk to the guy on the phone and he had an interesting story about how uh donruss and leaf were uh, kind of competing uh, enter in the inside the company itself uh, with which uh, which brand they're going to go forward with who is going to be the uh, the player against Upper Deck because they just started up with their uh, their premium brand in 1989 so that's why uh, you see 1989 Leaf blue chips every now and then um, otherwise there's no 89 Leaf cards other than that um, there are for uh, 88 and before, but no 89s going forward until 90 that they actually have their their own card. It's not like just another variation, like another Canadian version of what Donners would put out. So, anyways, uh, you know, it was uh, it was a fun conversation, but I really, really, really wanted to get do what it took to get a Consego card just so I could pa uh, pass it on to Bob. So, um, after several, several weeks, we ended up uh, uh, coming to an agreement where I was able to buy everything that he had. And it was a cool feeling because I didn't exactly know what I was getting. So, um, and the fun thing was, was uh, some of them were sealed in these packs. And uh, he said, yeah, they're just in a box. And uh, on his last day, they just sent them uh, home with them. So... It's like, wow, I can't believe this. So I get in the package and there are multiples of each player of, uh, in the set of almost every single player except for a couple of them. And I just could not believe it. Like my jaw hit the ground because it was a, uh, a true holy grail find. Um, I probably at that point realized that I had more blue chips uh, in my possession than any other... Uh, uh, person on the planet did at that point and uh, maybe even total <laughs> for everybody else so it was a really exciting exciting feeling um, and the neat thing about it was is I found out something that I don't know if anybody else knew but uh, two things number one uh, which I do know some people knew this but there's a leaf blue chips version and a Donruss blue chips version and there might possibly be four different color variations of each one. I just don't know. 
Uh, maybe there's only a couple variations, color variations of each, I'm just not sure. Um, but based upon what I saw, I knew, of course, at least there's a Donnerson leaf of each. So uh, much to my extreme, extreme, extreme happiness, uh, the package had uh, a, a few different Consecos. So I was able to uh, give Bob his leaf one back and I ended up sending it to him as a gift inside of an autographed copy of my book and uh, so happy to be able to do that. Um, even though it cost me quite a bit to get the entire collection of these, um, it actually turned out really, really well for me because not only was I able uh, to get another Canseco leaf card out of this back, which by the way, um, within this time I decided to start picking up a few rare Canseco cards again, I was able to also get a Donruss Canseco blue chip. And uh, I made a really, really nice profit after selling everything else. Uh, the cards were not in the greatest of shape. Uh, they weren't mint, but these are prototypes. So you can't, uh, can't ask for much, but uh, uh, when I started putting them on the market, there are some people that just went nuts after these. And the funny thing is, when it comes to cards like this, um, if I were to show you and you don't know what a blue chip card is, you might look at it and say, yeah, it's worth 10 cents. Uh, but uh, some of those cards reached $750 each. And uh, it's, a, it's a big, big deal. The Kinsekos, by the way, is what I'm talking about here. I didn't realize <laughs> that I could do that well uh, with those, but uh, that's... Uh, that's the uh, that's the truth right there. They're uh, they're very very hot cards, and uh, so I was able to also keep one of them uh, for uh, for trade bait, which was neat. And uh, one of so I kept a leaf version and a Donner's version. Gave one uh, to Bob to allow him to have his card back. And uh, uh, what else was there? Uh, and I had one to trade. I had a couple to sell as well. Um, which almost more than paid, paid for everything. Um, but I had uh, one to trade, and I ended up going to, uh, to Matt, I believe it was. And we worked a deal with some other cards where I was able to get my A6 Honors Highlights uh, white letter card back into my collection. And so this one deal kind of, I was trying so hard and uh, pleading to get these cards back just so I could... Uh, kind of make Bob whole again, it ended up working really well for me. And uh, in fact, one of the McGuire cards, I ended up trading to another guy that was really looking uh, high and low for, for McGuire, and I ended up getting up uh, Topps Cloth <laughs> back into my collection as well. So it was so fun to see uh, how all of it came together. And uh, it, it's, it's funny because a lot of super collectors will never see all of these cards ever in their super collecting career. And so within, uh, you know, within a year, I was uh, able to basically get all of them back that I really, really cared about. So it was fun. It was a fun experience. It's fun to talk about. I wrote about it um, earlier this year, if you want to check out on my blog at tmnbaseballfan.com. Uh, and I'll go ahead and give you two more quick stories here. Uh, one of them everybody will know about, another of them uh, not many people do. Um, oh yeah, before I forget, the blue chips, uh, whenever I, I had them, I remember uh, going to the big baseball card show in TriStar. And uh, it's fun, uh, it, it's a fun place to, to go and look at the cards and possibly pick up some deals from time to time. But uh, I remember uh, going to a table and these two guys were talking about a Jose Canseco Super Collector. And uh, <laughs> I was like, hey, they're talking about me. <laughs> I have no idea who these guys are. And so I kind of interjected and um, I feel like the guy was probably 45 or 50 or so. I can't even picture him in my mind, but I just remember, I think he was older than me. And so he's just talking about this Canseco Super Collector. Yeah, man, this guy's crazy. He's got everything, this, that, and the other. I was like, oh, okay, I'm just listening to him. And, and then he stops. He goes, wait a second, you're him. 
<laughs> it's like, you're the guy. You're that Consego Super Collector. I was like, yeah, I am. I just uh, just sold out. He's like, oh, man, I read everything that you write and this, that, and the other. And, yeah, the dealer behind the table is like, oh, that's crazy. I can't believe that's you. And it was kind of fun. And so it turns out the, the guy that uh, was the showgoer that I was talking to, he uh, was a McGuire Super Collector. And so he gets out his phone as he should and show me all of his fun stuff that he has that is just one of the great things that we have about technology is we can share our collections with each other without physically having them with us and it's kind of fun um you imagine having to do that in the 80s like hey i've got polaroids of my baseball card collection in the glove box let me show you what i have so anyways he pulls out his phone and uh, he's got this little this little paper that he has uh, it says mark mcguire want list at the top and uh you know he uh he wants the tops cloth card and this that you know he's got all kinds of wild stuff but the cards i'm talking about are on his list and so i asked him i said uh hey i got a question for you um do you have uh um do you have in uh uh any need for an 89 blue chip of mcguire he's like <laughs> yeah why wouldn't I? Of course, it's like that's like impossible to find. And uh, I said, "Yeah, what if I told you that I had one?" And he goes, "I wouldn't believe you." I said, "Okay, well, let me show you a picture." I show a picture. I've got a, a Donruss and a, and a Leaf version. And he goes, "Oh my gosh, I don't even think I've ever seen any of those like in real life before. Like, I don't even have them on my want list because I just assume I'd never see them." And he's like, "How much are you asking?" I was like, "Well, if I sell, probably fifteen hundred for the pair." And he goes, whoa, you know what? That's going to be worth every single penny of it. And you know, it's interesting, Tanner, is uh, out of everybody at the card show here, of all the thousands of people here, you and I might be the only ones that know that's worth that. And it's funny because he's right. Nobody else might know that uh, in that show that those cards are worth that. Um, and it just goes to show you that when it comes to super rare cards, um, you really only need a handful of people in the know that are like white hot about picking them up for them to be worth something. I mean, think about it. If you thought about what a 1989 Donner Smart McGuire card was going to be worth, uh, uh, if somebody asked you maybe five minutes ago, you probably would have said 10 cents. Well, now you can say, yeah, it's possible that they can go upwards of $750 each. And uh, of course, it's a blue chip, not the regular one. I mean, these are prototypes that are never found in sets and never found in uh, wax packs and, and frankly are probably never meant to be in public uh, but anyways that, that for me is adds to part of the allure of having these cards but um, it was really fun just a really really fun uh, conversation with the guy all, all together but especially because he knew what the blue chips were so um, it, it's always neat running across those cards so uh, the next to last uh, card I'm going to talk to about talk to you about is 1990 Donruss. Um, there is a uh, prototype called the Aqueous set or Aqueous, however you want to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> not many people know about these, but uh, they look like regular 1990 Donruss cards. The only difference is on the back, uh, it uh, it's stamped Aqueous test or Aqueous test, and uh, it's kind of fun because. Uh, if you don't know what you're looking for, you just don't know what it is. So, and I'll tell you what the what the aqueous test is. Uh, Donner's tried to do a water-based uh, uh, ink solution or something like that, tested it out, and that's what those cards are. And you'll see fakes run up uh, every now and then online, which is terrible because the Canseco, for example, will run will run about 500 bucks. Um, some of the others will run less of bigger players. And uh, that's mainly because uh, the quantities of each are all over the place. I think like the Nolan Ryans, there's like quite, quite a few more. So I think I've seen some of those go for like 300 or so instead. Uh, maybe same with Will Clark, I don't recall. But anyways, uh, it's fun. It's like uh, I remember the first time I saw, uh, saw one was on eBay and I was flipping out. I think I, uh, I, think I picked it up for 450 and uh, I was super excited because that card was at the top of my list, just along with the 86 Donner's Highlights White Letter, just like the 88 Tops Cloth card, just like the 89 Donner's and Leaf Blue Chip cards. Um, and so 
Anyways, I picked up the $90 Aqueous, super, super excited. It's not a thrilling card to look at on the front though, y'all. It's just, a, looks like a normal $90 card. But because of its uh, extreme rarity, it's one of those cards that not everybody has. Um, not even the super collectors that have been in this for decades have uh, all have them. So um, very, very special cards. Um, so anyways, I get rid of that. And uh, after I decide to come back in, uh, collecting, not super collecting, but collecting what I really, really want to focus on, um, I decided that 90 Donners was going to make the list for the Aqueous. And I believe Matt had that one also because I think he bought it from me. Uh, and if I remember correctly, uh, doing part of a deal with him for the my trade bait blue chip and something else, I think I ended up uh, getting that Aqueous back as well. So it's kind of fun because I don't know if I could call that the quadfecta, the junk wax quadfecta, because like every single one of those cards were several hundred dollars and uh, they never come up for sale. So it was, uh, it was like the sense of completion, which is just amazing. So as a bonus story, I want to tell you a little story about Ace Novelty, um, which has been kind of fun for me to talk about. And I realize this podcast is running a little long because we're about 41 minutes in, but when you get me talking about these cards, you know, I get excited, so I can't, I can't shut up about them. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to, we're going to dive into the world of 1992 Ace Novelty Prototypes. Um, when I first saw them, uh, online, uh, I saw a version of them that were oversized and had kind of a, um, not a beat up look to them, but, uh, you know, they were just, uh, very dated as far as the design goes. And, uh, you know, you, you just know what you're looking at. That's, uh, it's definitely a 90s card, but you've never seen it before. It's the kind of thing where if there are multiples of them out there, like by a lot, uh, by 90s production standards, they'd be worthless. But because there's none of them out there, they, uh, they go for a lot of money. So I looked at them and I saw that there are a couple of Consecos up for sale. I go, huh, that's strange. Man, the traffic out here is really loud. I guess that's uh, what I get for walking Friday nights because everybody's going out and doing stuff. But uh, anyways, uh, saw them on eBay. They're larger than normal size cards and blank back. And so it's like, well, this is interesting. And, you know, there's Puckett and Ryan and Alomar and Biggio and you know the main superstar guys uh from the 90s and uh you know it's kind of fun to see but it's like eh, the the seller was a guy that i had problems with in the past and so i was like well you know so that kind of turned me off the other thing that turned me off was these cards i'd never heard of that weren't even really cards they were just like sheet cuts and some of them were damaged uh he put them up for sale for hundreds of dollars each to make matters worse I looked in the sales history. <laughs> this is the worst thing, you guys. Like, you never want to see this, but the, but it does happen. Um, is uh, I looked in the sales history, and I saw that the sheet had sold for like 20 or 30 bucks. And uh, like about a month before. So this guy buys them for 20 or 30 bucks, cuts them up, and uh, puts each one for sale for like one, two, three hundred dollars. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the kicker is, is these are selling. And I was like, dang it, dang it. But uh, anyway, it was, it was kind of a, kind of a teeth gritting kind of, kind of situation there. But that's okay. So ultimately, I ended up uh, biting the bullet. I bought them. There, uh, uh, there's like an English version and a Japanese version. I think it was really cool. You know, really cool kind of kind of pieces, but they're not actual cards. So uh, what ended up happening down the road is I caught wind of a real card. And let me set this up for you guys, by the way. Uh, this, uh, these cards, like the actual real cards, not the, just the sheet cuts, um, for those who know what they are, they've been on people's want lists for decades. I'll give you an example. Uh, Kirby Puckett sold uh, a few times for $350, which is nuts. So the problem is, is that, you know, I still hadn't seen uh, the Kinseiko version yet. So I think ultimately what ended up happening is uh, one hit eBay and 
I don't exactly remember how much I picked it up for, but it's one of those situations where I knew I had to pick it up because of how rare it was and I hadn't seen anything of it before and just didn't know anything about it. And uh, I was able to do some research on them. As, as it turns out, uh, first of all, it's kind of strange because like the backs of, of what I'd seen had like really high numbers, like 502 or 678. And so uh, I did, a re did some research on them and here's how the story goes for number one, the sheets, and number two for the for the full card. So for the sheets, what had happened was uh, Ace Novelty, uh, and I think they're the ones that made those ugly looking troll dolls of the 90s, but they wanted to get into the baseball card game. So they created them and it looked like they're actually going to be granted the license. So they printed uh, a pallet or two of these uh, sheets. And we're talking apparently, uh, to my understanding, they uh, they were going to uh, um, be competing with Topps, Fleer, Score, Donners, and Upper Deck, and all that. So, in Leaf and Stadium Club, and yada yada yada. Uh, well, at the eleventh hour, apparently Major League Baseball uh, denied their license. So Ace Novelty has uh, these pallets of sheets, and they were they were instructed uh, to take those pallets of sheets, supervised to the dump and watch them be covered. Well, as the story goes, the guy that was supervising it apparently swiped one sheet for himself, <laughs> kept it for, you know, 30 years or what it was, 1902, 12, so, so maybe, you know, 25 years or whatever, uh, and said, okay, well, I guess now the coast is clear, I'll go ahead and try to sell it. Puts on eBay, gets 20 or 30 bucks for it, and yeah, that's, that's kind of my understanding of how it went. <laughs> so, uh, kind of a kind of an, an interesting, strange deal. So, I still can't get over the, the the fact that we may very well have had uh, Ace Novelty baseball cards as part of our childhood. I mean, that's insane. And uh, they're looking at doing a really big set. And not only that, there are cards that were uh, look like they're Chinese that were. Uh, or Japanese that were uh, maybe German in a few of them. So there are multiple languages also. So they were apparently looking to, to really do some damage in the, in the baseball card market. Um, but it never happened. And all we really have are just a, a handful of cards that are floating around out there and, uh, you know, and these stories to go by. And, and so for me personally, this is what makes those cards so awesome. So going back to what I was telling you before, I ended up picking up one on eBay. And of course, when I saw one hit, I was stoked. Nobody really knew anything about it. Well, I did. I got it. I, I feel like I got it for 75 bucks or something. And uh, so I wrote the person, I was like, man, I am so pumped I got this. Thanks so much. Um, do you have anything else? They're like, well, actually I have another Conseco and it's completely different. And it was wildly different from the you know, sheet cut things I had. So uh, I ended up buying it from them as well. And they said it was just like in some box uh, uh, with some other random cards. They don't know how they got there. So I was like, oh, okay, man, that's great. So I pick them up and my super collection basically had all the sheet cuts and both of the cards. And these cards, by the way, they're the only ones I've ever seen my whole life. So uh, it was really, really neat to have. Um, but I still wanted to know uh, if this guy was told uh, to uh, cover these uh, in the landfill that were the sheets, why do I have in my hand actual real cards? And so as it turns out, they created maybe one set worth or something, I don't know, uh, of these cards for approval to send to Major League Baseball. And they were ordered to be destroyed, but what happened apparently is the person that worked at the company ended up taking the cards and instead of destroying them, he gave them out to the little league team that he was helping out at or coaching. <laughs> so these kids back in 1992 had these cards that they had no idea back then that were worth hundreds of dollars or would be worth hundreds of dollars <laughs> and thousands of dollars cumulatively, I guess. Um, and, uh, you know, so over the past couple decades, they've been filtering throughout the hobby. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of, uh, another neat thing about the story is you're able to actually kind of track where they came from and, and why they're here. But ultimately we're not even supposed to have these. We're not supposed to see them. So, uh, 
as I sold out, I ended up selling the uh, sheet cuts and the cards because I didn't really care about any of them at that point uh, as far as keeping them until the bug bit me and I go, huh, man, if I were to keep some, it sure would have been nice to have had those two cards. I don't care a whole lot since I'm not a super collector about those sheet cuts, uh, even though I know super collectors would, would just die for those. But for me, in the current situation I'm in, holy smokes, that uh, uh, those two cards would be wonderful to have. So uh, I reached out to the guy I'm friends with. His name is Earl. Uh, so Earl, if you're listening, hi there. And uh, he ended up agreeing to sell them back to me, uh, which was so nice of him. Uh, I don't know if we, yeah, I think I saw, I think I bought them from him. Uh, I, he, he has the sheet cuts, so he's probably the envy of many out there with them. Uh, but I have the cards because of the, those are the ones I care about most. So over the past year, after selling out of everything, I now have back the A6 Donner's Highlights White Letter, the A8 Tops Cloth, the A9 Donner's Leaf Blue Chips, 90 Aqueous uh, from Donner's, and the 92 Ace Novelty pro Prototypes. So um, that's really all I have. These are, these are true, true, true junk wax diamonds. And, uh, you know, they... Like I said, they can't necessarily be found in packs or anything. They're not, none of these really supposed to see the live day, which is what makes them so exciting to own. Uh, so it's kind of a, kind of a fun thing. And, and any super collector or regular collector would love to see them, but most of them simply have not even seen them in, in, in real life. So, uh, but anyways, I hope this has been a little bit, uh, uh, educational for you. So that way you can kind of, uh, keep your eye out on things of what's, uh, what's exciting and what's not um you know so like obviously the the base commons are not exciting but the prototypes are super duper exciting uh anytime you have a prototype of a card that had millions of them made um that has a strong strong core following those are cards that are going to be super expensive so anyways uh i'll go ahead and wrap up for tonight and uh I'll say, uh, you know, once again, if you have any questions or have any topics that you want me to talk about, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, email is tanmanbaseballfan at gmail.com. My website is tanmanbaseballfan.com. Twitter is tanmanbbfan and uh, Facebook, Tanner Jones. And also YouTube. You go to youtube.com forward slash tanmanbaseballfan, which, by the way, I have a video that I just put out today. Um, showing my collection of woodcuts from the 19th century. So they're, they span from 1865 to 1890, and they're so super cool. Uh, so keep an eye out on that, and uh, let me know what you think. I hope you all have a fantastic night and an even better weekend. Take care.